Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis solo here for the final hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern. As we do each and every weekday live from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. If you can't listen live, don't worry. You can hear it on demand anytime you want. Just go to podcast, search Scout Fantasy Sports, hit subscribe, and you'll be notified whenever the new episodes are uploaded. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis and find all my work on ScoutFantasySports.com where we'll have you covered for the baseball season. And, of course, football will have some excellent draft coverage and Dynasty articles posted on the site as well as the draft is right around the corner. Uh, I have my two-star pitchers up there for the week in case you're still kind of settling uh, some lineups. Obviously, some leagues lock at first pitch. Those leagues suck. hate those. You should have until the first pitch of the game for the individual, which I think a lot of leagues have. So you can look at the two-star pitchers if you're a little bit behind. That usually gets posted on Saturday or Sunday. Have a recap from the weekend on things that stood out, uh, important information that might help you make some decisions. Um, Dr. Ordo has an article up uh, looking at uh, a Yankee starter that you should add. We have the closer report from Sean Childs. Uh, he also does the waiver wire report. So lots of baseball content to have you covered as well in addition to football. And you can go to the message boards and the forums and ask your questions anytime you want. We have excellent DFS coverage, scoutdfs.com. We had a subscriber win over 10K this weekend playing DFS using the content on our site. So we have several articles as well as an optimizer that can help you make those critical decisions. Maybe you have a stack you like, you have a handful of players, and you're having trouble finding out a couple players to run out your lineup, read our articles, use the optimizer, and take advantage of the Slack chat leading up to lineup lock. At scoutdfs.com. So we got that for MLB, NBA, which you can still make money. Yes, it's a little hectic over the next week and a half with the season winding down and a lot of players being ruled out, but that also opens up a ton of value and a lot of players playing 35, 40 minutes at a cheap price. So if you know what you're doing, you could still take advantage and make some money on NBA. And of course, we got PGA, NHL, MMA, uh, as well, so lots of ways to make money in VegasWhispers.com for your sports betting needs. They tweeted out their picks over the weekend. Uh, it's been a winning weekend in college basketball, over 500 there. The hockey picks have done well and a good start to the baseball season as well. So VegasWhispers.com, follow them on Twitter at Vegas Whispers. Once you become a member, you get access to a private Twitter feed that sends you alerts when picks are made, so you can check that out. Uh, we'll talk a lot of baseball in this hour. Obviously, there's some day baseball, one game going on now. We'll get you some lineups later in the show in case you're playing DFS tonight or you're setting your daily lineup and some players might be sitting out. 
Uh, so we'll get to that. We'll go over some of the fab results from the weekend. Also look at who was dropped. I think that's very important, too. Look who was dropped and get set for the next week because we know people overreact a little bit to the four days. And, you know, I think you do need to be aggressive on the waiver wire, especially if you have some holes. And I had a lot of holes to fill in Tout Wars, man. Just some bad luck right now with Matt Olson, Daniel Murphy, Miguel Sano, and Francisco Lindor all injured. So basically my entire infield <laughs> His starting infield is down. Now, I knew about Lindor going into the season, but the setback was a problem. So, no, obviously, I knew about two drafted in, like, round 22. We have unlimited DL spots. But, obviously, the Olsen and Murphy did not foresee that coming. So, we'll get into that as well. We do have one game live right now. The Pirates lead the Cardinals 4-0 in the bottom of the six. We saw Chris Archer pitching the home opener, and he was very good today for the Pirates. He did fall behind several hitters at times, and it caused him to leave the game a little bit earlier than you would have hoped for a guy that is pitching a shutout as he was only able to go five innings in this one as the pitch count got up to 99, 60 pitches for strike. He allowed only two hits, walked three, and struck out eight. So, you know, Archer was someone who I've usually had on my fantasy teams over the last few years, but I didn't draft it in this year. Now, maybe a change is going to the National League, but I think the NL Central is tough. I don't think this is an easy division. You got the Cardinals offense, and I know we handled them today, but this is a good lineup. You got the Brewers, the Cubs. I don't love the Cubs this year overall, and I don't love their pitching, but they have a lot of bats in that lineup. The Reds, uh, I know they are to a little bit of a slow start, but again, two games one was canceled because of the weather, and it was cold. Uh, we've seen, fortunately, good weather for the most part. We, there have been games, though, where it has been cold, so you do have to take that into account. But you know, a lot of people are going to overreact here to the four games, and you have to be leery of that. Someone on the message board today said that someone in their league dropped out of Eduardo Rodriguez. Well, I'd be picking him up immediately. I like Rodriguez a lot going into the year, and as I mentioned in the previous hour with the Red Sox, you know, their guys have just not pitched much in the spring. It's essentially spring training for them now, and I'm not surprised they've gotten off to slow starts. Uh, Walker Bueller is another guy. He barely doing the spray, and he didn't even strike out a batter yesterday. So there are going to be some guys that get off the slow start, so you have to take that into account. But my biggest problem with Archer is he just seems to always underperform his peripherals. Now, if you're looking for a guy that can pile up the strikeouts, yeah, he'll get him, especially if he gives you 180, 190. He's going to go over 200 strikeouts, but his whip and ERA just have not been great the last couple of years. So uh, he's was cheaper than in recent years, but to me, not cheap enough. So I did not take him in any drafts, but definitely good start for him here today. No, he's a very smart pitcher, very cerebral. So we'll see if he can get it done in Pittsburgh over the course of a full season. Uh, I am not as optimistic as a lot of other people. I just see him continuously uh, underperform those peripherals, and it's definitely concerning to me uh, that for some reason – the underlying stats say he should be better. And we've seen this over the years. There's always a few pitchers where you keep banking on it. You go, okay, this is going to be the year. Look at these underlying numbers. The strikeouts are there. And then for some reason, the whip is still too high. The ERA is still too high. And I feel like Archer is that guy. And it's been happening for three straight years. And you could say, well, leaving the AL East is going to help. I don't know if it's as simple as that because we have seen Archer put up good numbers pitching in the AL East there with the Yankees and Boston and – you know, last year we saw the strikeout rate did drop to 25.4%. The walk rate was still over 7%. That's been one of the issues for him. And 
He had a 1.38 whip last year, and even the other year, two years ago, 126 and 124. That's just not good enough for where he's being drafted. And, you know, the hard hit rate has been pretty high the last two years. So I'm not as optimistic as a lot of others when it comes to Archer. Uh, would I be surprised if he had a good year? No. Uh, but, you know, because he had a 13.1% swing and strike percentage, and that's been like that the last two years. And that's why he's so tantalizing is because – we see the the strikeouts that he can pile up, and it just hasn't happened as far as the ERA and WHIP. And yeah, the strikeouts are great, but you know the ERA and WHIP are are very important. He's been over four three straight years, and I know two of the years were in the low fours. So uh, maybe in the National League it gets better, but the disparity between the ERA and the National League and American League is not as vast as people think. The one thing you can make a case for Archer though is this is a guy who's been pretty durable. Last year was the first time that he didn't get to 200 innings in the last four years, and uh, we'll see if that can continue. But uh, not as optimistic on him as some others. Uh, we did see Dexter Fowler steal a base. He also got caught stealing. Cardinals lineup has been pretty quiet today. Obviously, Paul Goldschmidt off to a sizzling start with four home runs already, including that three-homer game over the weekend. I believe that was Friday. If you didn't have him in DFS, it wasn't great for you. Even though a lot of guys were hitting home runs, but obviously Goldschmidt was a winner there with the three home runs. Uh, we saw Adam Wainwright make his debut here this season, and he was very shaky. He just could not find the strike zone. Four innings, four hits, four runs, four walks, three strikeouts, 72 pitches, only 37 for strikes. So it was a real struggle for him. Josh Bell has two RBIs with no hits, and Starling Marte, one for two with two runs. And a walk for the Pirates. So the Pirates lead that game 4 nothing in the bottom of the sixth. That's their home opener. And we have some more baseball coming up at 4 p.m. Eastern with the White Sox and Indians. Mike Clevenger taking on Yvonne Nover. So we'll get to some of those lineups a little bit later on. But some of the top stories across baseball this week, and probably the biggest is Daniel Murphy and this injury. Uh, this is not good. I was very high on Daniel Murphy this year. I uh, was taking him in the fourth, fifth round. I took him in tout wars on the four or five turn. Felt he had the ability to hit 350 in course field. And there might be some people doing victory laps. I haven't seen any. But there are a lot of people who are like, oh, Murphy's a risk. He's going to get hurt. And the people who were making that statement were referring to his knee. I'm sorry. You don't get a victory on this. He hurt his index finger. This wasn't his knee. You can't tell me, oh, Murphy, we knew he was going to get hurt. Okay, if he hurt his knee... I could give you that because he had microfracture surgery on it. But it's an index figure on a fluke play. So, you know, you weren't right on this. And it's unfortunate, and he's going to meet a hand specialist, I believe, today. They want to see if he's dealing with mallet finger, and if that's the case, there could be ligament damage. So it's not good news. You hope that there isn't any ligament damage. If that's the case, maybe he only misses a few weeks. If he, there is, you know, you could be looking at – a couple of months, so it's really, really unfortunate news for those that drafted Murphy. So I believe I only have him in two leagues, and I thought I had him in more. When I saw that news, I was like, oh, no, here we go. Uh, Tout Wars already, again, my team is reeling. But like I've always said, I'm not going to give up. It's only April. Yeah, my team looks garbage right now on offense. I actually like my pitching, but not a big deal. You know, I've already got a bad ERA and whip. This has happened a lot of the years, years that I've won last year when I made the comeback and fell just short on the last day of the season. So I know there's a lot of people out there right now. You look at your team, you're depressed, you have a lot of injuries, don't give up. It's only April 1st, man. 
there's time. Even in these 15-team leagues, you're just going to have to really dig deep, uh, work a waiver wire, maybe make some trades, but just don't give up. Just continue to set your lineup and plug away. Uh, it is discouraging when you get these injuries early on, but you cannot give up. Uh, there's always a way to make it back in. And if you don't, hey, at least you go out swinging and go out trying. There's no quitting in fantasy if you want to have success. So definitely bad news here for Murphy owners, no question about it. And we'll see because I think a lot of people who had Garrett Hampson were very happy. They said, all right, here we go. Garrett Hampson's going to play. He was not in the lineup yesterday. But the other thing to keep in mind, too, it is early in the year, and these teams like to get everyone involved early on for the most part. You know, you saw a guy like Jung Ho Gong. He sat today. And remember, they had a rainout, so he only played two games. You saw Keon Broxton get a shot for the Mets yesterday, and he stole a couple bases. Uh, ben Zobrist is out of the lineup today. Uh, so for some guys, you're going to see them sit here early on as they try to get everyone a game or two in. But for the most part, I think you'll see Ryan McMahon at first base. He was already playing a lot of second base. But I think you will see Mark Reynolds too. And I know people don't want to see that, but Reynolds was pretty solid last year. So you might see some days Reynolds at first, McMahon at second. But certainly you feel better if you have Garrett Hampson. And that's why you shouldn't have overreacted. And hopefully didn't drop him after two days when you saw McMahon in there. And that's the other thing too is we do have guys that we drafted at the end that are cuttable. And there are certain guys you want to be a little bit patient with because there could be some injuries. And, you know, I can give you an example of one guy is Jose Martinez. You know, I drafted him in a couple of leagues, you know, last round or so. He has got first and outfield eligibility. And you never know what could happen. And as I say that, Dexter Fowler seems to be favoring his ankle. As he went down orkily, he was trying to bunt. And it looks like the pitch might have grazed his ankle or he landed orkily. Something happened. But looks like something with his ankle or his foot. So... Uh, could be nothing. He's trying to walk it off, but there's an example of, you know, maybe he goes down. Could be Tyler O'Neill, Jose Martinez. Uh, looks like Fowler's trying to get to first base, so it looks like the pitch did. No, I don't think they ruled that it would hit him, but he's limping around there. But that's the point is that these injuries could happen. And speaking of that, there was an injury today that came out of nowhere this morning. You walk up, you get set to set your lineups, and you find out Giancarlo Stanton is headed to the disabled list. You're like, wait a second, when did that happen? So, yes. Giancarlo Stanton is uh, on the 10-day DL. We don't know the extent of the injury just yet for how much time he's going to miss, uh, but it is a, a biceps injury here, uh, left bicep strain, and Clint Frazier was called up from AAA. So Yankees already dealing with some injuries. Frazier is not in the lineup today, uh, but you got to think he'll get some playing time uh, in that outfield, especially, you know, Aaron Hicks still out, really no timetable with him. So, couple of injuries right now, and that's why you always got to pay attention, especially when you know that there is some afternoon baseball. So, yes, apparently the pitch did hit him. It took a while for them to put the box up, but it did look like it grazed his ankle, and uh, looks like he is staying in the game. But Fowler uh, obviously has to do well to keep that job. He's getting paid a lot of money, and he does have a stolen base today. He was also caught stealing as well. Uh, some people started to panic a little bit. Tim Anderson of the White Sox was scratched from today's lineup. Apparently, though, his wife went into labor. So that is the reason why he's not in the lineup today. So no injury there. So don't worry about that. There was an injury, though, for the Rays. They have placed Joey Wendell on the 10-day DL with a left hamstring strain. So 
look for Brandon Lau to get a lot of playing time at second base. He is in the lineup tonight hitting cleanup. I would still think that he sits against some lefties, so that's the key is there are a lot of guys in baseball right now, especially lefties, that you know are not going to play every day against lefties. And, you know, one example I looked at this week was Jake Lamb, who we thought was an everyday third baseman, and then Tony Lavolo came out and said, Lamb's going to have to earn his at-bats against lefties. I don't know how you earn at-bats against lefties if you don't face them. What does that mean? You crush righties, okay, he's hot, now we'll put him in there against lefties. I don't know what that means, but if you do have Jake Lamb in a weekly league, probably best to find another option. And, of course, in Towers, I don't even have a backup third baseman, so I'm stuck with Lamb. So, yeah, it's an ugly start in that league for me, but I'll just have to deal with it and just leave Lamb in there. Hopefully he can get a game or two against a lefty, but, you know, we got a guy like Kyle Schwarber. So you have to keep that in mind, and you really need to plan accordingly and look at your – pitcher matchups each week because there are some lefties that are going to sit so make sure you take that into account when we come back one of the hottest waiver wire pickups has just gone yard i'll let you know who it is when we return it is scout fantasy sports here on the fantasy sports radio network fantasy it is so confusing out there in Kansas City. And it's so confusing out there in Minnesota. And it's potentially so confusing out there in Seattle with Hunter Strickland going on the DL after a brutal outing that I didn't want to do this. I think it's one thing to pay fab when you know the guy is like the next man up. Like when you know that for sure, when you can count on it. That's one thing. When you're investing in this kind of situation, I think it's really scary. And I think it's just a waste of money. I really, really do. Weekdays, noon Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day. 10 an hour. One person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621. 866-484-9621. That's 866-484-9621. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Back here is Scout Fantasy Sports. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. We got you covered for fantasy baseball and fantasy football. We'll be having draft articles, dynasty coverage as well. So you can check it out. And as I said before, right before we went to break, 
a home run for the Cardinals. Colton Wong with a two-run home run. He was one of the hot waiver wire pickups over the weekend. So he goes deep after Fowler's hit by the pitch. And, you know, Wong was not drafted in most leagues. And you can understand why. He's been a player that has kind of teased us a little bit. He's shown some power. He's shown some speed. But just never really been able to put it together over the full course of the season. And, you know, last year, nine homers, six steals. And in 2014 was one of his better years. He had 12 homers, 20 steals the year after 11 and 15. It's already up to three home runs on the season. And we'll see if anything has really changed with him. Um, obviously, we're dealing with a real small sample here. But if you're hurt at the middle infield position, especially in 15 teams, I could see it. Now, I did see a bid last night in the high stakes leagues in the FBC for 390. That's just a little much for me. But uh, was willing to take the shot. I did not get him anywhere. I didn't put in crazy high bids for him. Uh, but there were certain situations where I could have used them. And, you know, I had to put in so many bids and tout wars that I had Wong on the list, but, and I had the highest bid, but not in the right order. So someone got him for pretty cheap, and I actually could have used him this week. So people that got Wong in the lineup are feeling pretty good about it right now because he continues his sizzling start with another home run today. Uh, for the Cardinals, who now trail the Pirates 4-2 in the top of the seventh. Uh, Xander Bogarts gets a contract extension from the Red Sox. He gets six years, $120 million. So, so many players getting those deals. And definitely like Bogarts for fantasy this year, even though I don't think I have him on any team. He's coming off a really good year last year with 23 homers, 103 RBIs, and an 883 OPS in 136 games. Uh, let's take a look at some other things that stood out for the weekend. Obviously, one of the we got a couple closer situations to address. One of them is the Mariners, and man, this is just ugly. People were so happy when they got Hunter Strickland. He got a couple saves in Japan, and you're like, okay, here's a guy that I got real cheap, didn't pay much for, and I did get him in a league or two. I mean, he went real late. I definitely had him in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. I think one other league as well, but he was not right the other night. He was flexing his shoulder. And they came out to visit him on the mound, and they let him stay in the game, which was obviously the wrong decision. And then he gives up a three-run homer to Mitch Marlin. They take him out. He complained that he had some tightness in the back of his shoulder, and now we find out he has a grade two right latch strain, and he's going to miss at least a couple months. If you don't have a DL spot, I think you can cut him. And I did put in bids to cut him, but I didn't win any of them in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. But it's a mess now for who's going to close Corey Gearin, who I think many people felt, okay, he's probably the guy. He came into the ninth inning yesterday with a 10-7 lead, and he walked the bases loaded and then was pulled. Jason Bradford came in. He issued a walk and then got a strikeout and a grounder to end the game and get the save. But it seems like this is a committee right now. Could be Matt Festa. Anthony Swarzak was a guy that a lot of people picked up in fab, and I would have put in bids for him, and I did, but very small. I didn't get him anywhere. You would think he's the guy that closed or at least get the opportunity. I believe he's scheduled to come off the DL, I think, tomorrow. But he's really had one good season. He's 33 years old. He had that year with the White Sox two years ago, came to the Mets last year, and he had injury problems. He just could never get healthy. He only pitched 26 in the third innings. 2016, he threw 31 innings. 2015, 13. So 
that's how crazy it is for saves right now. That a guy who hasn't even pitched it this year, people are going out there and bidding on in the hopes that he's the guy. So it's a real mess right now for Seattle and really don't have confidence in any of these guys. If I, if I could get Swarzak for cheap, sure, but definitely don't know what is going to happen there in that situation. Uh, the other one is Kansas City, where going into the year, I think we all thought, okay, it's either Brad Boxer, Boxberger or Willie Peralta, and Boxberger got a save. I think it was the first game, but they used four guys in the ninth inning. He came in. Uh, then they used him earlier in the game the next time out. Peralta they brought into a non-safe situation in the ninth inning of that first game, and he imploded. They had to take him out, and then we saw Ian Kennedy get a save over the weekend. So Yost has come out and said it's either Peralta or Kennedy, and I think a lot of people went and picked up Kennedy. I know I did in a couple weeks for cheap. It's one of those bids where, all right, I kind of don't want him. Let me throw 14 bucks on him. They actually got him in a couple leagues, so hopefully it works out. Really not convinced, as I talked about in the previous hour. I think it could be Kyle Zimmer down the road, but I don't know how quick that will be and how many save opportunities that will be there in Kansas City this year. Again, even the worst teams, and there are some really bad teams in baseball, are going to get some save opportunities. I mean, we just did see the Orioles take two out of three from the Yankees over the weekend, but there's going to be a lot of these situations that are just going to be constant stress and headaches, and people are going to be chasing that off the waiver wire and spending money. The key is just don't spend too much, too much money if you're not really certain about uh, the situation for some of these guys. And uh, I think there are a lot of question marks there. And it's going to make saves a real tough category over the next – this year, next year. And I think it's going to see – we're going to have to see a change in the category because it's just – it's terrible right now. Uh, when you're talking about some of these lesser teams, and I think you're going to see more teams go with two, three different guys, depending on the situation. We've already seen a few teams kind of head in that direction, and you know, we talked about it before the weekend, the Twins, and we didn't see another save opportunity, but uh, Blake Parker wasn't good in his appearance, so I would think Taylor Rogers probably gets the next shot, but it could come down to they need him in the seventh inning or eighth inning because lefties are due up. So it's going to be a constant headache with a lot of these uh, closer situations, especially on these teams where they have a name one. And again, the Orioles said they're not going to name a closer for a while. And we all thought it was Michael Givens, and apparently that's not the case because we've seen him using the eighth inning of a couple games. So definitely something to uh, monitor there. Some other things that stood out to me, this was a guy that I really wanted to get this year, and I, I only got him in one league, I believe. It was a scout 44. It's Yoan Makata. Makata was a guy I had on a lot of teams last year. Thought he would have a, a really good season, and he disappointed. He led baseball in strikeouts. He just swung and missed so often. He had 17 homers, 12 steals, and this is a case of, you know, a top prospect where not all of them come up and succeed right away. You know, Fernando Tatis, obviously, we've seen him come up. Nice start. Everyone's kind of trying to figure out where to draft him, how high he should go. And it's because of the recent success of guys like Juan Soto and Ronald Acuna, but not every player is going to come up and crush like that. And Moncada is an example. You know, we saw 54 games in 2017 where he wasn't very good. And we saw last year where he he struggled, you know, a 315 OBP. And I think you wanted more from him. But he had a pretty good spring, and he's just crushing the ball. And I think 
one of the things I noticed in the spring, he was striking out less. And we are looking at only a few games here, but only two strikeouts in three games is certainly a good sign so far. Obviously, we need a bigger sample size, but Makata, I thought, was a guy that was a nice value in drafts. Just did not get him, and it wasn't wasn't by design. It's just sometimes it doesn't work out, or maybe you have your second baseman already. Maybe you, you don't want to lock up your middle. Maybe there's a better player on the board. It just didn't work out for uh, for me getting Makata this year, but I really do like Makata and wish I had him on more teams. He is a guy that I would kind of trade for before he gets going uh, because I think he has a big year. There was a lot of debate about who to take at the third pick this year. And it was wide open. And that's why I hated the third pick because I didn't really see anybody that stood out. The same guy you could have drafted at number three, in some drafts you could have gotten 9, 10, 11, 12. I know it sounds crazy, but it's the truth. I've done drafts where J.D. Martinez went 12. I saw drafts where Ronald Acuna went 11. And those were guys that debated at the three pick. I had the third pick in one draft, draft we talked about on the show, the Greenwich Street Tavern League, and I kind of went off the board compared to everyone else, and I took Christian Yelich, and I think some people thought I was a little crazy. We know Yelich last year had a home run to fly ball ratio that was crazy unsustainable. Even the elite power hitters, and Yelich is far from an elite power hitter. But the reason why I went with Yelich here is I just felt like he had the highest floor. That even if the power dropped, I was still going to get a good average. I was still going to get stolen bases. And I was going to get good counting stats. Even if he dropped down to 25 home runs. Now, what was wrong with that? He had 36 last year, by far a career high, by 15. But we all know part of that was moving to Milwaukee and where he played. Played in Miami, where it was a very tough place to hit home runs especially for a guy that had the ground ball rate that Yelich did. Yelich has never been a big fly ball hitter at all. I mean, the last three years, his fly ball rate, 25.2, well, 20, 25.2, and 23 and a half. You know, I see that profile, I'm like, there's no way. And last year, his home run of fly ball rate was 35%, and he did every year of 23.6%. But it's a great ballpark. And the other thing that I think people were not accounting for was, okay, what if Yelich does start lofting the ball a little bit more? What if that fly ball rate jumps to 35%, which is not even a high number? For him, it is. But I certainly thought that was a possibility. But basically, it was taking a guy with just a, a really high floor that is a really good hitter if you watch him, even in Miami. And I just felt like even 25 to 28 home runs – with the counting stats and the average, too, in that ballpark. And he had 326 last year. I don't expect that again. He's a career 298 hitter. But we've seen the jump playing in Miller Park. And not that I'm right after a few days, but uh, Yellow certainly made the pick look pretty good so far with his start. Four homers, eight RBIs. But I do think Yelich probably, maybe some people overreacted a little bit. Again, I think you can make a case for him anywhere from three to eight. But I certainly think he was in the conversation. And I don't think enough people thought that because the guys I was seeing go third in most drafts were Max Scherzer, Jose Ramirez. Uh, I think I even saw Trey Turner, Acuna sometimes. I saw Arnado go third, J.D. Martinez. So there was a lot of guys in that mix, but I didn't see Yelich enough. And uh, again, I'm just 
saying what I did, and I took him third. By the end of the year, I could be dead wrong. Maybe the power really dips, but he was certainly off to a good start, batting 500, four homers, and eight RBIs on the season. Chris Paddock was a guy a lot of people wanted to see pitch. He had a great spring, and I certainly was tuned in to yesterday's debut against the Giants, and it was against the Giants. They are an anemic lineup, and as I said, you look across baseball, there are some pathetic lineups right now in the game. And you want to take advantage and you want to have those pitchers go against those lineups because they can take advantage. And Paddock did not disappoint at all. He was in the mid-90s with his fastball. He threw his changeup and got a lot of swings and misses. He only went five innings, but I think we kind of knew that early on. And I think they pinched hit for him too. Uh, I think they only threw like 72 pitches. He did have the, I think the last, one of the last at bats, Pablo Sandoval had a really good at bat against him. He just kept fouling off pitch after pitch. But overall, Paddock, five innings, seven Ks, one run. So I was fortunate to get him in a couple of leagues. Obviously, once draft season went on, the price tag become, became a lot, lot more expensive. I was able to get him in an auction for real cheap and got him in Towers in round 23. So. I'm sure everyone wants to have a share of him. Byron Buxton had a good weekend. He hit the ball real hard. He hit the ball in the air. And uh, he didn't strike out that much either. I think he had uh, three strikeouts or, or missed. Uh, no, I don't, even, I, don't, I don't think he had many strikeouts this weekend. Obviously, he hit the bottom of the order. He had a few doubles. One was wind-aided where it dropped in. It was a pop-up that should have been caught, but the bottom line is uh, Buxton looks good, and I think that was definitely something that you wanted to see from him. Uh, Domingo Santana continued his good start. That's a guy, I think he's the guy that I own the most across my leagues is Santana. Uh, I just felt like he was being undervalued in drafts, and you you could see it. Uh, for the Brewers, Corbin Burns looked fantastic. Now, he did give up a few home runs. Part of it was the Cardinals lineup, and I know they are not hitting as much today, although they do have the bases loaded right now with nobody out in the seventh, and they brought in Keone Kayla to face uh, Paul Goldschmidt, and it's a full count. So uh, we could see the Cardinals potentially break this open here, but that's a good lineup. They're a tough lineup to face, and especially – Miller Park, man, the ball was flying out of there. And we know this. It's a good hitter's park. And, you know, you're if you have a tiebreaker and you got a pitcher pitching in Miller Park, you might want to go the other way. I actually did that in a league. One of my leagues where I have a lot of pitching options, I actually decided to bench Cole Hamels this week in Milwaukee. And I like Cole Hamels. Cole Hamels had one bad inning over the weekend, and it was in Texas. And the reason why I liked Hamels so much is you saw what he did going over to Chicago with the Cubs last year. So we know he had – Terrible success in Texas last year, so I'll just chalk it up to be on the road in Texas once again, but I think he'll be fine. Well, Carbon Burns was phenomenal. 12 strikeouts, one walk, and five innings yesterday, and the three home runs hurt, but this guy is a real big arm, and he should not be sitting out there on the wave wire in any league, and I uh, liked what I saw from him, and you know he'll have some potentially easier matchups down the road. But I think the one thing you want to see from him is what could he do as a starter? Because last year he was a reliever mostly. And yes, a lot of starters are not going to go deep this early in the year. But for him to get five innings under his belt and 12 Ks was a good sign. How about Pete Alonso for the Mets? 
You know, I think a lot of people were skeptical. Is he going to make the team? What are they going to do with him? But, man, he was impressive. And the Mets showed a lot of confidence in him. Game one, putting him in there, number two against Max Scherzer. And he had Scherzer to face, Strasburg, and Corbin. It was not an easy trio of pitchers that he faced this weekend. And he's looked really good uh, driving the ball. If There's no way that the Mets can take him out of that spot as long as he hits. And, you know, there will be struggles. He's a young player. But you got to be feeling really good if you got Alonzo now. And then he was a pretty cheap player. because, And you can understand why, because you just weren't exactly sure what the Mets were going to do. So I was able to get two shares. One was in the great fantasy baseball invitation. Well, I actually had to take him, I think, rounds 15, which felt kind of early at the time. Obviously, it's working out pretty good right now. But I expect him to stay in that lineup with the way he is hitting. Uh, also, real quickly on the Marlins pitchers, man, they look good. You know, I got Pablo Lopez in an auction. We saw in the spring his velocity was up. He's got the good changeup and curveball, and he was impressive against the Rockies. I know the game was in Miami. The Rockies don't do as well, but he got up to 94 miles per hour, so he looked good. And Trevor Richards, his changeup was nasty, man. There was a lot of movement on that. So Sandy Alcantara was good yesterday with eight scores inning. So don't sleep on the Marlins. They are in a tough division. you got to keep that in mind and look at the matchups. But those pitchers look good. When we return, we'll look at some highlights on the weekend. We'll get you some lineups for the day. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive your free DVD videos and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,250 savings coupon including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with models starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited-time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-625-4922 for your free DVD videos and brochure. That's 800-625-4922. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-625-4922 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. It's calling the shot. I believe that the Thursday and Friday, the first Thursday and Friday of March Madden, those games would be, begin at like 12.30 p.m. Eastern, okay? I believe that there should be no classes on those two days past 12 o'clock. So I'm not saying to cancel all classes because, let's be honest, not everyone likes sports. I might even say, you know, 8 to 1. You can miss a little bit of the first game. I'm cool with that. Weekdays, 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Back here at a Scout Fantasy Sports, Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Monday, April 1st. 
Don't forget, check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. I have the weekend recap review up. We'll have Stockwatch, Waiver Wire, Two Star Pitchers, and a lot more, as well as fantasy football coverage leading up to the draft, Dynasty articles as well. We have you covered, as well as scoutdfs.com. So check us out now, scoutfantasysports.com. While your attention is focused on the start of the MLB season and college basketball's Final Four, NFL teams are focusing on the upcoming 2019 NFL Draft. And for serious fantasy football players, it's never too early to start preparing for the 2019 season. Roto Experts has you covered with their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, including the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the Internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty, season-long betting, best ball, and NFL Draft content every day of the year. To give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play, save 10% at rotoexperts.com with promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package only at rotoexperts.com. One game live going on now. It is the top of the seventh inning. Pirates once held a 4-0 lead. It is now 4-3 over the Cardinals. Top of the seventh with two out. A two-run homer for Colton Wong, his third of the season, so he stays hot to begin the year. And then Paul Goldschmidt walked with the bases loaded to force in a run. And now Yadier Molina is up with the bases loaded here in the seventh inning. So Chris Archer went five scoreless. He is still in line for the win. If uh, they can hold a lead, Keona Kayla in this game. He did come in yesterday after Felipe Vasquez struggled. It was not a safe situation Vasquez was up to, I believe, 25 pitches. So they said, you know what? Let's take him out. And probably going to turn out to be a wise decision because now they can go back to Vasquez today if needed in a save situation. So I think people started to get concerned. I saw some people uh, bidding on Kayla last night. And, uh, you know, it could be a guy, if you're in a daily league, the relievers can have some value. But I don't think it was a case of Vasquez is uh, – losing his grip on the job or anything like that. Uh, so he is uh, still the closer uh, from from what I see. And Kayla here is in the seventh inning, struggling a little bit right now uh, to throw some strikes. So we'll keep you posted on that game. Uh, and we got a couple of games coming up here as well. Uh, there should be more day baseball here on a Monday, but – we do have a game coming up at 4, 10 p.m. Eastern, the White Sox and the Indians, and it looks like Kayla has got Yadier Molina to swing at a pitch in the dirt, so he gets out of it. So it remains 4-3, to three, Pirates lead over the Cardinals as they go to the bottom of the seventh. So coming up at 4, 10 p.m. Eastern, the White Sox are in Cleveland to take on the Indians, and we knew this. The Indians lineup is so putrid right now. It is a bad lineup. You are not afraid to go against this team. And if you see someone say, well, you can't pitch this guy because he's going against Cleveland, they have not looked at the lineup this year. I want my pitchers going against Cleveland. Well, I don't think I want Ivan Nova going against them, but Nova starts today against Mike Clevenger. So Clevenger has a two-start week, and you're going to pitch him almost every time out. For the White Sox, Yoan Moncada is leading off today, playing third base. As I said, Moncada off to a good start. Definitely like him for the upcoming season. Daniel Palka is in right field hitting second. Jose Abreu is the DH hitting third. He's off to a good start, too, with two home runs and probably didn't talk about him that much. I thought he was a nice bounce-back player. He was hurt last year. I didn't get him anywhere. He wasn't a target 
know, it was a little bit cheaper than years past. You know, I think I took him to Tout Wars last year, I think round five or six. He went a couple rounds cheaper this year, but he's, he's a good player. Now he doesn't steal many bases. Average is fine, but he's a guy that can bounce back and potentially get you 30 home runs. Yonder Alonso cleanup at first base. Eloy Jimenez in left field batting fifth. Wellington Castillo behind the plate hitting sixth. Yomer Sanchez at second. Jose Rondon at short. And Adam Engel in center field ninth. For the Indians, Leonis Martin leading off in center field. Jose Ramirez at third batting second. Jake Bowers in left hitting third. Carlos Santana at first base batting fourth. Hanley Ramirez is the DH inning fifth. Brad Miller, who they recently picked up at second base inning sixth. Roberto Perez at catcher inning seventh. Tyler Naquin in right field batting eighth. And Eric Stamets at shortstop batting ninth. That is such a bad lineup right now for the Indians, who struggled to score runs over the weekend against the Twins. And, yes, they faced Jose Barrios. They faced Jake Odorizzi, who went ham. 11 strikeouts for Odorizzi. This guy I've always liked over the years, don't have any of him this year. And he was actually undrafted in a lot of leagues. And he was picked up off the waiver wire in some leagues over the weekend. And Michael Pineda looked good. Now, you might be like, why do you only go four innings? This was part of the plan. They're easing him back from the time of John surgery, and they wanted to get Martin Perez in the game as well. And Pineda was impressive. Four scoreless innings, one hit, one walk, five strikeouts. So they're going to build him up. But there definitely is some upside there with Pineda. I talked about him in the preseason. I did not get him in any leagues, but I thought he was an intriguing late-round pick. You know, Pineda's always a guy that's had the stuff. I did not like him with the Yankees. Uh, in that ballpark, he's prone to a lot of fly balls and home runs. And the Twins ballpark's actually a pretty good hitter's park, too. But I think there could be some potential upside there with Pineda this year. But it might take a couple starts or two to, to build him up. And it was also against the Indians. We have to take that into account. You, you really need to look closely. I mean, yes, there's watching a guy, seeing his stuff, increased velocity, added a pitch, movement on pitches. You have to look at all that, but you do have to look at some of these lineups, especially in the American League where there's some bad teams, and you know understand that, okay, was it a product of facing this anemic lineup, or was he legit? Uh, the Yankees, they're playing at 6.35 p.m. Eastern against the Tigers. For the Tigers, Tyson Ross is on the mound against Domingo Herman. Tigers, they did. They struggled to put up runs this weekend. Uh, I do like some of the bats up top, but overall this lineup uh, definitely has some holes in it. Josh Harrison leading off at second base. Nicholas Castellanos in right field batting second. Miguel Cabrera is the DH hitting third. He got hit by a pitch over the weekend. Fortunately, he was able to be in the lineup yesterday. Nico Goodrum hitting cleanup at first base. I have Nico Goodrum in quite a few leagues. Very late. Has a eligibility at a few different positions. He's playing first base today. Hitting cleanup. Uh, so we'll get the left-handed uh, side at Yankee Stadium. Heimer Candelario at third base, hitting fifth. Kristen Stewart in left field, hitting sixth. He did homer, I believe, opening day and has struggled since then. Grayson Griner behind the plate, hitting seventh. Jordy Merce is at short, hitting eighth. And Mickey Matook in center field, batting ninth. For the Yankees, a very banged-up team right now. Brett Gardner leads off in center field. Aaron Judge in right, batting second. Luke Foyt is the DH, hitting third. Greg Berger, cleanup at first base. And this injury, too, will probably open up playing time for Greg Bird now as well. You know, maybe there was some question mark, but with Giancarlo Stan out, uh, that opens the DH. So I think you could see Bird and Voigt kind of flip-flop there. Uh, and Bird hitting cleanup today. Gary Sanchez hitting fifth. 
Glaber Torres moves up in the order. He is at second base inning six. Miguel Andujar is out today. DJ LeMahieu playing third base. Mike Talkman in left field hitting eighth. And Troy Tulowitzki at shortstop hitting ninth. I would expect Clint Frazier to get more playing time since they did call him up with the injury to Giancarlo Stan. So he's a guy that will probably be picked up off the waiver wire. You know, I was looking at some of my 15-team leagues in the outfield. It is pretty ugly. There is not much on the waiver wire at the outfield position. And I think a lot of people sometimes miss that in drafts. Everybody thinks, oh, yeah, the outfield's pretty deep. Well, when you are playing in a 15-team league and every team is starting five outfielders and you have a lot of platoons, it's not as deep as you think. So... Keep that in mind. The Brewers are in Cincinnati. Zach Davies against Tanner Roark. For the Brewers, Lorenzo Cain at center leading off. Christian Yelich in right field batting second. Ryan Braun in left field hitting third. Travis Shaw is at third base hitting cleanup. Jesus Aguiar is at first hitting fifth. Mike Moustakas at second base hitting sixth. Yasmani Grandal, a catcher, hitting seventh. Orlando Arcia at short hitting eighth. And Zach Davies on the mound. For the Reds, Scott Schebler leading off in center field. Joey Votto's at first base, batting second. Yasiel Puig in right, hitting third. Emmanuel Suarez clean up at third. Matt Kemp in left field, hitting fifth. Jose Peraza at second base, hitting sixth. Tucker Barnhart behind the plate. Jose Iglesias hitting eighth, playing shortstop. And Tanner Roark on the mound. The Orioles are in Toronto, 7.07 p.m. start. David Hess for the Orioles against Sean Reed Foley. For the Orioles, Cedric Mullins is back in the lineup. He sat two games over the weekend against lefties, uh, so that's something to keep in mind. But he's leading off in center. Uh, Dwight Smith in left field, batting second. Jonathan Villar at second base, batting third. Trey Manzini in right field, uh, batting fourth. Rio Ruiz is at third base, hitting fifth. Renato Nunez at DH, hitting fifth. He homered yesterday, a guy that I almost dropped in the great fantasy baseball invitation. This guy's got some pop, so want to see him get some playing time. Chris Davis at first base, hitting seventh. Jesus Sucre catching behind the uh, plate. And she Martin at short batting ninth. For the Blue Jays, man, their lineup has been all over the place. Uh, Danny Jansen might hit in every spot of the lineup by the end of this week. I mean, he's been leadoff, cleanup. Today he's hitting eighth. So this lineup has fluctuated quite a bit. Billy McKinney leading off in right field. Brandon Jury at third base, hitting second. He's led off. Wasn't it the other day they said, yeah, Brandon Jury's our leadoff guy? Okay, well, now he's hitting second. So much for uh, what managers tell you. Justin Smoke at first base hitting third. Randall Grichuk cleanup in center field. Rowdy Telez with a big pinch hit three-run homer. He's the DH. I picked him up in Tout Wars. Again, that's a 15-team league. Just need bats right now with some of the injuries I have. Teoscar Hernandez in left field batting sixth. Lourdes Gurriel at second base hitting seventh. Danny Jansen behind the plate batting eighth. And Freddie Galvis, who set out with uh, back shortness just that he's back in the lineup hitting ninth. The Mets are in Miami after taking two out of three in Washington. Steven Matz against Caleb Smith for the Mets. Ahmed Rosario leading off today, playing shortstop. Good sign there, but no Brandon Nimmo. He gets the day off against the lefty. Pete Alonso at first base at a second. Robinson Cano at second, uh, batting third. J.D. Davis looked good, man. He made a really good defensive play. He drove a couple balls. J.D. Davis was a very uh, shrewd pickup for the Mets this offseason. He's batting cleanup. At third base, Michael Conforto in right field, hitting fifth. Wilson Ramos catching, hitting sixth. Jeff McNeil's in left field, batting seventh. He's had a nice start. Juan Lagaris in center field, hitting eighth. Come on, man. Get Keelan Broxton in there. He's still two bases yesterday. Steven Matz batting ninth. For the Marlins, not a good lineup, but this pitching staff, man, they got some good arms, including Caleb Smith, who's on the mound tonight. 
Miguel Rojas leading off at short. Roselle Herrera in left field leading second. Brian Anderson hitting third at third base. Starling Castro at second base hitting cleanup. I mean, Starling Castro is your cleanup hitter. That is just so bad. Luis, now watch. The guy hits two home runs tonight against my Mets because I'm talking crap about him. Uh, batting fifth, Luis Brinson in center field. Martin Prados at first base, batting six. Jorge Alfaro behind the plate. Peter O'Brien was called up. Garrett Cooper headed to the injured list. So Pete O'Brien in right field hitting eighth, and Caleb Smith on the mound batting ninth. The Rockies are in Tampa Bay. Chad Bettis against the opener, Ryan Stanek for Tampa Bay. Charlie Blackman leading off in right field. David Dahl hitting second in left field. Nolan Arenado's at third base. Trevor Story's at short. Ryan McMahon is at first base today, hitting fifth. Ian Desmond in center, batting sixth. Chris Iannetta catching, hitting seventh. Mark Reynolds, the DH, hitting eighth. And Garrett Hampson batting ninth, playing second base. Keep in mind, they are in an American League park, so you have the DH, so that opens it up for Hampson, Reynolds, and McMahon to all play. So this should be a good week here that you can get Hampson in the lineup. For the Rays, Austin Meadows off to a really good start. A homer off a left the other day, stolen a base. He's looked really good so far. Have him in a couple leagues as a fourth, fifth outfielder. He is leading off in right field. Tommy Pham batting second in left field. G-Man Choi at first base hitting third. Brandon Lau, cleanup at second base. Yandy Diaz, he's looked good too. You know, we know that he's hit the ball on the ground a ton. If he could just lift the ball in the air a little bit, you could see... Uh, good season from him. He's been playing every day, and he's been hitting fourth, fifth in the order. So that's a guy in deep performance that should be owned. He's the DH hitting fifth. Kevin Kiermeyer in center batting sixth. Robertson at third base hitting seventh. Michael Perez catching today. Zanino gets the day off hitting eighth. And Willie Adamas at short batting ninth. The Cubs are in Atlanta to take on the Braves. Kyle Hendricks against Sean Newcomb for the Cubs. Albon Armora leading off in center field. Chris Bryant at third base hitting second. Anthony Rizzo at first hitting third. Javier Baez at short. Batting cleanup, Wilson Contreras catching, hitting fifth. David Boat at second base, hitting sixth. Jason Hayward in right, hitting seventh. Kyle Hendricks, the pitcher, hits eighth. And Mark Zagunis in left field, hitting ninth. So Ben Zobrist and Kyle Schwarber out of the lineup today. And that's going to be the case for Schwarber sitting against a lefty once again. And, you know, makes it really tough to own him in a weekly league. Daily league, no problem. Put someone on the bench in his spot. But keep that in mind if you are a Schwarber owner in a weekly league. I experienced it last year. It's not a lot of fun. For the Braves, Ender Inciarte in center field leading off. Josh Donaldson at third base hitting second. Freddie Freeman at first base hitting third. Ronald Acuna cleanup in left field. Nick Markakis in right hitting fifth. Ozzie Albies at second base hitting sixth. Brian McCann catching hitting seventh. Dansby Swanson at short hitting eighth. And Sean Newcomb is on the mound. The Astros are in Texas to take on the Rangers. Brad Peacock against Drew Smiley. Don't see a Houston lineup yet, but for Texas, Shinshu Chu is at DH leading off. They have sat him against lefties uh, a couple games over the weekend, and Hunter Pence at DH. So that is very interesting uh, to see if that stays. I know Pence had a good spring. He stole a base, but Shinshu Chu sitting against lefties so far. Rugnet Odor at second base hitting second. Elvis Andrews at short hitting third. Nomar Mazzara in right field hitting cleanup. Joey Gallo in left field batting fifth. There's Drubal Cabrera off to nice start. Really liked him. He was a real good value in drafts. A guy that has eligibility in many leagues at second, third, and short. Putting him in that ballpark, he's going to be a nice value this year. He's hitting sixth. Ronald Guzman at first base batting seventh. Kiner Falefa at catcher hitting eighth. And Delano DeShields in center field hitting ninth. Uh, looks like DeShields might hit leadoff against lefties potentially he did hit a uh, home run over the weekend a rare power from Delano DeShields 
who you really got for speed. So those are the lineups that we have as of right now. Just make sure you uh, pay attention to all the last-minute news, of course. With baseball, much easier. We don't get as many last-minute scratches as opposed to baseball, and the lineups come out relatively early. So you could start to set your seasonal and DFS lineups. It does make life a little bit easier. We hardly ever see some last-minute scratches. It happens from time to time, but nothing uh, too bad. Uh, so they're saying Giancarlo Stanton will be shut down for the next 10 days before attempting to resume baseball activities. The biceps tendon injury occurred on a funky swing yesterday, according to Yankees manager Aaron Boone. So could miss the rest of the month. So that's something to keep in mind. A.J. Minter is going to throw a live BP tomorrow. After that, they are going to decide whether he'll be activated from the DL. And I would not be surprised if he gets uh, some opportunities to close. And Luis Castillo has been moved up. He was supposed to pitch Thursday. He's now going to pitch Wednesday against the Brewers. So apparently they didn't want him to face the Pirates in back-to-back starts. He was good against the Pirates. So Tyler Molly will uh, move back. He was originally going to have a two-start week, but they had the cancellation there. So that's why you got to follow all these last-minute changes in your weekly leagues before setting your pitchers. Because especially this time of year, weather, days off, things are going to change. That wraps it up here. You can check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. If you have any questions specifically catered to your league, go to the message boards and forums. I'll be back Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern with Dr. Roto here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.